0: Whether you're full time, part time, bivocational, or volunteer, if you have a heart for students, this is the place for you.
1: Welcome back to the Student Ministry Matters Podcast. My name is Dan Carson, and I've got with me my co host, Chris Vines.
2: It's a good week to be with you, Dan, as always.
1: I love these times uh, that we get to share, we get to connect, uh, but also for the conversations that we get to have with all sorts of youth pastors and student ministry workers around the country. And so listeners, if you're enjoying our podcast, be sure to share that with others. Let them know about uh, Student Ministry Matters podcast and the ministry that we have, just to pour into those that are working with students. You may be full-time, part-time, bivocational, or even a volunteer. You may be that Sunday school teacher that got stuck in a classroom with the teenagers because nobody else wanted that role. We're here for you. We love you and we care about you and we want to share some things that are going to help. And that's what we're going to be doing today as we talk about helping students engage in prayer. And we're going to be looking at that with our friend T.J. Lewis, and we'll be talking with him in just a moment. Now, Chris, Last week on the podcast, we talked about the sports that your school has, and you told us that they didn't have football and a couple other things. But I've got to ask, I know it's a Christian school, Garrett Memorial Christian School there in Hope, Arkansas. What is your mascot?
2: We are the Saints, and we have a big St. Bernard dog as our mascot. Oh, that's great. We got the suit a couple of years ago. And so, uh, yeah, so we, we have fun with that.
1: Well, I know Christian schools have about three or four different mascots. They're usually they're Patriots, Eagles, yeah. Saints. And then the one that from your your days in Christian school, which was? Uh, the Crusaders. I grew up. Crusaders. As
2: a, yeah, I grew up a Crusader. <laughs> I'm now a Saint. But yeah, there's all kinds of there's all kinds of ones. You know, everybody's trying to get Fancy with it, you know. There's ambassadors. There's warriors. Uh, yeah, eagles. We got some that we play against that are the flames. The flames. Um, yeah, uh, I'm trying to think of some that are just like totally off the wall, but I can't think of them now. Yeah, all, all sorts. It just kind of. We, in fact, we've got two or three schools that are all the warriors. So we just have to keep those straight, you know. Could, <laughs> yeah, we're the saints.
1: Well, Chris and I are also CBC Mustangs. And CBC is our podcast partner. We're always happy to, to share about them. They're challenging, engaging, and inspiring. Uh, they're a place that you may want to send your student to. Have them check it out if they're trying to figure out what's next on their educational journey. Have them look at cbc.edu, contact the school, set up a visit. They're small, and that's not a bad thing. In fact, today, as we record this, they're celebrating 70 years of Of ministry, And we're excited for them, and we want to wish them uh, essentially a happy birthday. Uh, But if you're looking for that next place uh, for your students, trying to help them along in that process, be sure to have them check out cbc.edu. Well, on today's podcast, we have our friend T.J. Lewis. I've known T.J.'s in-laws for some time, and I'm thrilled that he's on the podcast with us. Uh, T.J. is the man who says howdy. At least that's what Scott Rommel's it says on his voicemail, he's uh, the youth pastor at Lake Church in Arlington, Texas, and TJ's a proud husband of Becca, Dad, Anson, Cadence, and Zion. He's a hardcore Texan and a 0% vegetarian. A <laughs> he's been a youth pastor for 22 years and has every intention of dying one. He smokes meat, loves baseball, and collects movies and bobbleheads for fun. Welcome to the podcast, TJ. Howdy, fellas. Thanks for having me. Well, we're thrilled that you're on the podcast. You bring a lot of experience. I mean, 22 years of ministry, um, but uh, just a lot of fun as well. I've had the chance to stay at TJ's house, and when he says that he likes movies, uh, he's not kidding. He has a wall in his family room that's covered up with Blu-rays. How many you got right now? A little over 1,500. 1,500. That's a lot of movies to choose from. Wow. <laughs> it is. <laughs> I have I
2: have Netflix. <laughs>
3: yeah. yeah. I used to have
2: Netflix. That was fun. But uh, no, I, that's impressive, TJ. That's awesome. It is
1: impressive. So, TJ, with all of those movies, you got to have at least a top five. And so, if you don't have a top five, share with us what your, your favorite that's on that show. My,
3: my favorite movie, bar none, is a movie called For Love of the Game. Uh, so okay, Chris knows what I'm talking about. Yeah, <laughs> love the it's, it's Billy. Chapel. Yes, it, some Billy. It, 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 and it covers a lot of bases. Number one, it's a baseball movie, which again, ah. I'm, I'm a baseball guy, right? Um It involves the Yankees having a perfect game thrown against them, so that's always fun. Uh, there's <laughs> um, it, it, there's some action in it, it. There's a love story in it. It's funny. Like it just, it really, it just scratches a lot of itches, and so I thoroughly enjoy that movie for. Yeah. Any number of reasons. So I mean that's is a there time is there anybody who can play a cowboy
2: on Monday and then you know a Detroit Tiger
3: pitcher on Friday better than Kevin Costner? No, that's what's fun. Like he he's just a smooth dude. Like he I is, you know, man. I hope I'm that that cool when I'm his age. Yeah. So yeah, yeah Kevin Costner's a lot of fun. Um, yeah. He he, you know he he was an athlete there. So it's you know you watch the the behind the scenes stuff, and he's he's performing a lot of those. things. He's done three different baseball movies now, so that's obviously he's into that too. But mm-hmm. yeah, that's a great movie. I love uh, the original Avengers movie; that one's great. Um, anytime the movie Tombstones on TV, you know I'm I'm gonna stop and finish that one. That's just always a great time. Gosh, what's what's another good one? Uh, my favorite Disney movie. Is Wreck It Ralph. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah, thoroughly loved. I can, there's even so one of my deals that we do with our students, we have movie nights at least once every couple months. And uh, so I, you know, obviously curate the films. I let the students pick the movie, but I'll I'll grab 10 movies off the shelf and we have this voting process. It's a lot of fun. But we don't just watch the movie, although we certainly do that. And of course, the kids talk and laugh through it. But at the end of every ever movie, whatever it is, is I'll sit down and I'll ask them three questions. Hey, what would you like? What didn't you like? And, and what can we learn from this? And it's just incredible. Like, there's always something good you can learn from a movie. If nothing else, it's, hey, like, don't be like any of the people in this film, right? There's, I mean, that's the simple answer. But the Lord was a storyteller. That's that's part of why I'm so drawn to movies. I like stories. And and uh, uh, but Wreck-It Ralph's such a fun one, just how, how God takes people that, that – are seemingly just giant train wrecks, and, and even even those weird skills that he's given you that that feel like are an accident or horrible. They're meant for good, and just mm. uh, just little ways that you can teach not only certainly children with that movie, but obviously teenagers. You can teach them a little bit more of the Lord through those avenues, and I like taking advantage of that. That and again,
1: I I like movies, so that works out good. I like what you said, though. You like stories, and that's one of the. I do like stories. That's what yeah. we are. We're we're storytellers. In, Absolutely. In, in, not fictional stories where you get to tell the story of truth, uh, of Jesus Christ. And so, TJ, you know, one of the things we love to hear from our our guests is the story of of their salvation. Uh, how would you come to meet Jesus?
3: So, Dad's a pastor. Gosh, I've been in church. I'm, I think I was born on a Thursday, and I was in church the following Sunday. Kind of a deal, right? That Just sounds may, right. Maybe yeah. a week later, but that's <laughs> that's kind of how things rolled. Certainly in the '80s, there was not a not a, a grace period when my kids were born. The doctor said, "Hey, like." Especially my, my twins, they were preemies. Don't you take those babies to church for two or three months? It was all those germs. We, we didn't care about any of that, right? I've <laughs> been in church my whole life. I think I was five years old. It was Easter Sunday morning. Um, and, and I don't even mind telling you, um, I, I, there's no way I was paying attention. Uh, I distinctly remember um, standing on the pew beside my mom. We were singing that invitation hymn. Dad wasn't a senior pastor at the time, he was actually a youth pastor, which was in the music minister and I was humming the theme to the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles theme song because I knew <laughs> that I was going to get a, a Ninja Turtle. My mom and dad would do Easter presents. which and So I had a Ninja Turtle come, and I was pumped. That's when we were still doing Sunday nights every, every, every week still, even on Easter. So we went back that Sunday night, and, man, for whatever reason, like Pastor, his name was Anthony Pennington. Anthony said, man, I just really feel like I'm supposed to present the gospel again tonight. And so we did and praise God I was listening and I and I got it. We did the invitation again. I remember I told my mom I need to go talk to Brother Anthony and my mom said no you're not. <laughs> she, she's like she just knew I was going to like go down there and ask him to go to a restaurant or whatever but like I needed to talk to the pastor. And so the second he said amen to the closing prayer man I made a beeline to talk to Brother Anthony and and uh, man he he led me to the Lord and mm. gosh that's been well, that's been a long time ago now. Whatever, whatever the math is on that, yeah, I'm about to turn forty. So, thirty-five years ago, it's uh, so it has been cool. Um, so, I've got a lot of a lot more years of my life now. I've been following you. Well, I'd, I'd love to say that I've been following Jesus more years. You guys know how that works plenty of yeah. time when I when I wasn't following the Lord the way I ought to. But but I've known him a long time. And, and praise God, He's known me. That's been the real blessing, and, and He's been nothing but faithful to me, man.
1: Well, TJ, before we started recording, you talked about how you grew up in a church without a youth group, and I did. so who who invested you in your life during those teenage years?
3: So obviously, my parents did. And praise God, I've got very, very godly parents. Dad's still pastoring. Um, uh, actually, my uh, my mom's grandfather before he passed away, he was a pastor. In fact, nearly every, this is a fun fact, every male that my children are related to are all pastors. Mm. And so I've got a really cool heritage in our family. Uh, but as far as men in our community went, the, my oldest son's name is Anson. And I named him that because I grew up in Anson, Texas, as one of our stops. But there were about a dozen men in that community that, that invested in me in a remarkable ways. And some of them were teachers, some of them were coaches, um, one of them, there was a youth pastor down the road at, at First Baptist. I, I wasn't allowed to attend First Baptist, but Mike, I was just talking to Mike last night. Um, Mike understood my situation and just anytime I was around with football game or whatever, he'd pull me aside and just encourage me. And uh, my, my ag teacher was massively uh, involved in my life. Uh, the girl that I was kind of infatuated with, um, her father recognized that. And rather than, you know, threaten me with a shotgun, he just kind of <laughs> pulled me close and invested in it, which was just an amazing thing. And yeah. so, um, yeah, I had lots and lots of godly men that poured into me and then the, kind of the, the, the last, maybe the biggest one, the, the late, great Dr. Travis Plumley uh, was a mentor of mine for a long time. And, uh, and I'm just so, so blessed. I've been trained and taught well. Uh, any any mistakes I made, that's truly just my own stupidity. It's not because I didn't know because I've, I've been taught really, really well over the years. I'm so grateful.
1: I love hearing those stories about uh, the investment of others because there's so many of us that are pouring into students and we think, is anybody listening? Yeah. <laughs> and to, yeah. to know 20, 30 years down the road. And so I always like to 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 give you an opportunity to share about some of those people because it's... It, it, it means a lot I know from my perspective as' I've, I've heard back from people in fact your brother-in-law was in my youth group his senior year in yep. high school and uh, so <laughs> so fun yeah it was a, it was a lot of fun and now he's serving as a pastor in rogers and we get to hang out on a more uh, peer basis and it's a, just a lot of fun
3: man I, re- I really wouldn't with the exception of, of Travis who you know his his Pouring into me was very intentional, and it was pastorally based. The best disciple makers I had in my life, they were they were teachers and coaches and laymen, um, mm. and part of that again, I, maybe it's because I was a pastor's kid. It was so helpful for me to see people that weren't being paid by a church but still following Christ. Like this, yeah. this really is real, and that's how it worked. And it was just so influential to me. And so that's why it's so important for me to have volunteers around me that that they're not even remotely related to ministry outside of the fact that they serve well in our church. And, and the kids need to see that. Like it, you can follow Jesus and be a doctor or a lawyer or a realtor or a garbage man. And uh, we've got a guitar repairman. Like I've just got lots of people in my, in my students' lives that, that are just regular folks that don't have a Bible degree, but they love Jesus and they love teenagers and, and, and they're ready to help. And it's, it's, they'll, they'll do more good than I ever will in my role. And I yeah. praise God for that
1: truly. Well, TJ today we want to talk about prayer and engaging our students in prayer let's start there a foundational type of question why is this an important thing for us to do
3: Jesus said in John 15 he said apart from me you can do nothing mm-hmm. <laughs> that's that's what it comes down to like and I really Jesus didn't mince word when he says nothing i like I really believe that and so I'll even teach my students like when I, when I, when he says I can't do this. I don't, I don't know if I'm actually on camera or not, but like, just the, my little finger dance. I'm a Baptist, so I do a finger dance instead of the whole hip, hip dance, right? I can't even finger dance outside of the Lord and His grace. And He gives us lots and lots of grace, whether we ask for it or not, just because He's that, that gracious and good to us. Uh, but when it comes to accomplishing um, genuine good in the world, like impact, eternal-minded, kingdom-based good – that doesn't happen without the help of God, uh, regardless of how skilled we are. Even though right. I, I've been doing this for 22 years, I've gotten pretty good at engaging students. That in and of itself is a grace of Jesus and how he's trained me. But, but if I'm not on my face before the Lord, before every time I take to the stage to teach my students, or engage in just a one-on-one with them, I, I, I'm I'm probably not going to accomplish the good that I could unless I ask Lord, 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 I need you to do this. I need your help. I need your words and your wisdom, and so that's why prayer matters to, to accomplish the stuff not only that we need to, but the stuff He wants us to. We got to have we got to have the grace and the power uh, that comes only from being connected to the vine. Well, TJ,
1: what what is does your own personal uh, prayer rhythm look like? Help our people maybe find something that they can latch on to.
3: You know, more, more and more, um, it is, um, oh, that's terrible. <laughs> Just when it says pray continually, uh, where is that passage? That's awful. Why am I not remembering that off the top of my head? Anyway, pray without ceasing. Right. Right. So I, I love the Greek behind that. What the idea is, is that prayer is like a hacking cough. Like I, I can't get away from it. Right. That's one mm-hmm. of the things Dr. Slayton taught us. And I thought that's like, that's, I say it's genius. It wasn't him. It was the Lord. <laughs> Dr. Slayton is genius, but it's just the idea that I I can't suppress prayer. like They just bubble up out of me, right? And so I used to, I was even trained, like a man in the morning when you wake up, and not that this is a bad principle, you spend 15, 20, 30 minutes, an hour in prayer and just get ready for the day, and then you just go. And 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 that's a really good practice. However, I'm finding myself more and more as I'm going. It, it's just a lot of quick... Um, okay lord i'm i'm about to go into another meeting i like i genuinely need your help and your grace and depending on the severity or the size of the what's coming up i i you know it that may be a fin 5 10 15 20 minute prayer but you don't always have that it may just be man, lord i just got a phone call i've got an awful situation i'm running into and it's a 30 second jesus just please help me um jesus please enlighten me help me to see the things that i need to see give me the words that i'm supposed to say and so really, it's more, man, I'm I'm praying throughout my day. Um, I have in front of, you can't see it, I, on my wall in front of my desk are, are I don't know, two, three hundred photos of my students. And as I'm working here and I'm looking up at my students and I, and I tell them, I call it my prayer wall. That's how I, I pray for them every day. Uh, we've got a digital prayer wall outside of the office. I, I work in the the lifestyle center of the building, so we have lots of guests that come in. Um, and so it's a digital pro. So it's our, our students' photos that are flashing, and so I've got a little sign under there: "Hey, pray for our Lake students." Mm-hmm. And and part of it's just like all the fun, silly stuff that we've done. But I've watched people stop and look at that photos, and I've seen even a few of them just bow their heads and pray. Like it's a beautiful thing, right? And so,
1: yeah.
3: like I'm watching for for things like that to to trigger prayer responses. Hey, I need I need to pray for Kirsten. I need to pray for Kate, and so on. And um, you know, when I'm driving to the community, I'll drive by one of their house. God, please help. One of my students is uh, type one diabetes. And so he's got the little monitor thing. I was calling a de- Dexcom. I don't know if you guys have ever seen those.
1: Yeah. Um, yeah. So
3: when we go to youth camp, his parents turn the Dexcom over to me. Cause I'm, I'm the one that's with him, not them. And so my little phone buzzes. So when we got home from camp this year, uh, I, I said, Hey, you know, if y'all don't mind, like leave, give me access to it. And every time that little thing pops up, that reminds me to pray for Eli. And so I pray for Eli that way. So I, all it's say, forgive me all my words. That's what my prayer life looks like more and more it's it's lots of teeny tiny little prayers throughout the day I still have extended periods of time but I probably spend more time with the Lord over the, the span of the day than I do you know my morning prayer talk does that make sense?
1: it does it does Good. you know I, I think about uh, one of my volunteers a few years back who said to me yeah I have about a 20 minute commute and so he <laughs> began his prayer time in his vehicle as he was going to work. Yeah. I mean, said, just one of the volunteers, but he said, I, I would never close my prayer. As I got out of my vehicle, then I would just be in a state of prayer throughout the course of the day. One yes. of the best words that I had heard. I mean, it was just like, okay, you're just talking with God throughout the day. yeah. And, you know, that's that's what it sounds like is, is a, a constant communication, that prayer without ceasing. Yeah. I love it. I,
3: I, I tell my students, we, we tend to treat God like voicemail. Um, mm. I, I used to say an answering machine, but they don't know what an answering machine is. <laughs> right. So if we treat God like voicemail, it's like, here, Lord, here's all my stuff. And then amen means I'm hanging up. And that's not what amen means, right? Like, Lord, Lord, so let it be. This is truth. Lord, I want your truth. And so number one, you talk to me, please. But the number two, hey, I'll talk to you in a little bit. And uh, I, I, I'm more than convinced that's the way it's supposed to be working now. So, uh,
1: well, Chris, uh, you know, I, I want to hear a little bit from you. What what does prayer look like in, in your ministry? You know.
2: Yeah, I would say uh, man I love I love what just the way you described it TJ. Um, you know, prayer, well, let me let me go back to something I heard recently and it's just it was encouraging to me um and I'm gonna, I'm going to repeat it and and I think I can do it just but you know, the idea is that like we never when we talk about prayer, most of us uh or I, I'd say hardly any of us have ever heard someone say, you know what, I just have, I just pray too much. <laughs> right. You know, or, or, or they, or, or, you know, the way it was put to me, uh, this was my brother, Larry Barker. He, uh, he said, you know, just nobody ever comes up to you and just says, you know what, uh, I'm, I'm just finding myself praying, you know, more than I should, <laughs> you know, or anything like that. And, and as soon as we hear that kind of thing, we're like, oh yeah. I mean, we all struggle with, with prayer, um, part of it is because maybe we don't understand um, how to pray, even though Jesus has has laid it out, you know, very clearly how to pray. So, I just say that, man, I, I appreciate your your uh, your just approach, your your uh, transparency, and all that. And, and and to answer your question, Dan, I find myself whether you want to call it spontaneous prayer or, or or what, I don't really want to put a label on it necessarily, but it's it's a lot more like those prayer prompts. I, I try to find ways of of putting people in front of me um, in a, on a regular basis, uh, putting whether it be people or whether it be situations or whatever, and just whether well, that be reminders on my phone. Um, I love I love the wall idea, right? You know, I have a list of names. You know, that's kind of how I work um, is list of names of students, uh, that kind of thing. In fact, last night I just gathered new information from, from kids, you know, just kind of updating the database. But part of the reason for that is not just so – I can have their phone number, but so that I can I can pray for them. I, I can I can have avenues to be able to even text them yeah. and say, "Hey, thinking about you, praying for you today." And and I really believe in, in John 15 as well. Uh, I, I I love how you brought that out, TJ. That we can do absolutely nothing apart from Christ. And um, and I really believe that uh, one of the ministries of the Holy Spirit uh, within us is putting people. And situations on our hearts at, at different times. And we often are very good at just shrugging that kind of stuff off as coincidence or no big deal. And, and I'm certainly guilty of that. But the the more and more, I guess I just I follow Christ um, very imperfectly, I'm realizing that, man, when, when somebody comes across my brain, that's not an accident. And so I try to make a point to whether, I mean, just let it just bubble up. Let a prayer just, you know, be up for them. And again, I don't have to know the situation. I can just say, God, um, here they are. You know, their situation, you know, thank you for putting them on my heart. And and yeah. a lot of times, not every time, uh, but a lot of times that, that ends with uh, maybe a, a phone call to them or a text message or it doesn't have to, but a lot of times it does just because I think it's important to um, get those kind of encouragements. You know, I know I always yeah. appreciate it when people, send me, Hey, I'm thinking about you um, just randomly. And the Lord is faithful um, to his people. And while I may never know the reason why that person's on my heart, I don't have to. The the point is we're meant to be an encouragement to other people and to the people in our in our life. And so hopefully there's an answer to your question in some of that. But uh, <laughs> really, I mean, it's a lot more of just what TJ was saying, just, yeah. just the, yeah. not random, but Somewhat random in terms of my my scheduling. In the
3: outside world that would
2: feel yeah. random, absolutely. Yeah. It, would. yeah, it would. So, but it it's, would. it is a matter of being intentional in terms of putting prompts in front of us. I think that's all part of the yeah. the strategy of prayer.
1: Well, TJ, you know the big question for today and our conversation. I mean, I want us to, to have a better understanding of the importance of prayer, how we're handling it as student ministry workers, but is how do we engage our students in prayer? Uh, that's the big question. As we communicated before a podcast, you talked about some things that are going on at Lake Church. Um, j- just share some thoughts on that. How do we engage our students better in, in prayer?
3: So, well, I can tell you one of the biggest ways that we do it for sure. Obviously, you know, we we pray a lot with the students. When we're with them. You know, you 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 start right before I preach every time. I'm, I'm going right. to pray. So they, they see me prayer. We end in prayer. We pray before meals. That, some of the stuff that they're accustomed to seeing. Um, but a lot of them will, will I don't know that they would verbalize this to you, but if I were to just on the spot look at, any number of them and say, Hey, would you pray for us? Boy, they would, no, uh -uh." (laughs) you know, I just, and it bless our hearts. And we're still, I'm still trying to ascertain why that is. So that's not a new thing, but it's, it's still just a lingering, it could be a public speaking thing. I I, I don't know. But so one of the, the ways that I've tried to engage my students and we're really finding it effective. I, I told you guys before we started, um, so my youth group, it, it is pretty big. We've got about 130 students, but what's unique about it, where we're at in Arlington in the Metroplex, my students are coming from 31 different school systems in seven different cities. So with that in mind, so many of my students, the only time they see each other every week is on Wednesday nights or Sunday mornings and, and they're friends. So they'll text each other or, you know, if there's an opposing football game. That's great. But, uh, but they don't, they don't know each other. Not like, uh, kids that are at school together all day and then they go to church together do. And so I've been trying to to figure out, why, okay, what are some ways that we can build some unity? And then ultimately trying to accomplish our goals and that's connecting with them to the Lord. And so we started what we just call prayer groups. So on Wednesday nights, you know, I call everybody to order. We'll do a, a couple of fun things. I'll do some announcements and then we'll I'll say, okay, it's time to go out prayer groups. But instead of just assigning them a particular prayer group, we're just saying, hey, you will just go, pray with five or six individuals, I'll intentionally do something every single week to mix them up. And it's usually some kind of a question, like, for instance, last night's prayer group question, uh, we're getting ready to paint our, our youth group space. And so I said, hey, here are six or seven different color options. Which, which option do you think would be best for the new space? And so the kids, if they wanted to paint the youth room yellow, they went to the yellow group or they went to the blue group or whatever. Uh, last week, the question was, what's your favorite Chick-fil-A sauce? Well, that, that one was awfully fun because everyone's got a good Chick-fil-A sauce, right? Start a football season, we'll pick six or seven. You know, wh- which team do you think is most likely to, to lose the most games? I try to, to, instead of saying who's going to win the most games, who's going to lose the most games, right? And But the idea is every single week, they're mixing up with different students. Now, some of, some of my kids, it doesn't matter what the question is. They're going to go with their best friend, and that's fine. I'm certainly okay with that. But every single week, they're praying with at least three or four different kids they may not have the previous week. And, and so the way it works is uh, we sit them all down. They're sitting in a circle. Somebody's assigned, hey, you're going to be the, the secretary. So we're going to go around the circle. And everybody, share your name again real fast in case you don't know somebody, which happens more often than you would think, again, because they don't go to school each other. They just they don't know each other. So share your name and then share one or two things that you'd like to pray about. And then we also ask, you know, what's something you like to praise God for? And so they go around the circle. Everybody shares that. And so all my students are, are if they're doing it properly and we have to correct them, if they're actually listening to each other, what they're discovering is, oh, hey, you struggle with math or, oh, you, you're, you're in the, we're at different schools, but you're in the same class that I'm in. Like I like I, I, I know mm, about that yeah. topic or, oh, you, I didn't know that you, you also played trumpet or I didn't know. Um, your mom has the same disease that my mom has or my grandma or whatever. And so it's just these little connecting points. And so the end of prayer groups, two things are, well, three things are happening. Number one, they're actually praying. That's a beautiful thing. Number two, they're learning to care for one another, which is really, really important. And number three, they're learning to relate with one another too. And so praise God inevitably, what happens over the course of the semester is they actually start to go, hey, we, we prayed for your mom Three or four weeks ago, like what? What's going on there? Um, I, you know, I, I wish they were Johnny on the spot, following up with each other the next day. And some of my kids do. Some of the ones that are maturing in their faith and have really got this process down, they do that. And it's beautiful. In fact, a lot of my students anymore. And I brought where did I put it? I brought my prayer list. And I, I, I had the student here. They are sorry. Here's our prayer list. The, the kids they fill out their little. I actually have sometimes we have dry erase boards, but. Some of, the, some of them actually race the boards. I don't want them to do that. So they turn these into me. Number one, I can now pray for these. And I do. I'll go over them. And by the way, if there's something there that like, oh, hey, I need to follow up on that. Hey, there's the cheat code for TJ and I can go pursue that, right? Because I can't be in all these prayer circles at one time. But more and more of my students, they'll say, hey, can I take a picture of the prayer list? Absolutely. And they're taking those home and praying for them, which I love, man. So like, just praise God that, that again, the kids are learning to pray. Um, they're learning to care about each other. And, and it's it's just helping build unity in our group in, in little sideways. That's It's so, so fun and encouraging. So that's been a big win for us over the last several years. And uh, I, I highly doubt unless I come across something better that I'm ever going to stop that. Rather, I mean, lots of groups use small groups on Wednesday night, and I think that's fun. Hey, we want to talk about the lesson. I, I'm all for that. But there's nothing better than just getting students to talk to Jesus. And so that's been a really cool thing.
1: So, in your groups, do you have mm-hmm. a sponsor in each one, or do you? Or is it that formalized? Or I do try, try to, to spread
3: my sponsors out, but sometimes I've got more groups, and I have adult leaders. And so, uh, if I end up with a group that, you know, as I'm assessing them, hey, that group might be a problem. I'll send one of my sponsors, hey, go, 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 pray with those guys, help them keep on track. Right? Tends, it's not always tends to be my groups that are predominantly boys. <laughs> they have a little bit more yeah. trouble focusing. Right. <laughs> Uh, you know, I, I also have may you know, a group full of girls and then one young man and, and I'm sizing that young man I'm going, I, I don't I don't think you went over there to pray, dude. You know, it's just
2: so he's being strategic. He is he's strategic, being very strategic
3: yeah. <laughs> and prayer, prayer strategic. We, we do know that. No, he's uh, you're praying to something else, buddy. <laughs> uh, so, anyway, no, we'll spread my adults around. And then I'm, I'm bouncing uh, from pro group to pro group. And I keep them all all in the room together. So, that, you know, they're in different quarters. But if, you know, if, if I hear, you know, a hubbub bustling or whatever, you know, I'll, I'll go zip over. But yeah, I've got my adults helping out too. But it's predominantly student led. Again, my, my secretaries are always a student, ideally, one with some decent handwriting. I think we've been doing this for a long time. So the kids know, know the, the the situation. Now it's always funny when we bring the new seventh graders up, they have no idea what's going on. And I love that for them. Cause some of them are really excited. Like, what? like, like someone's listening to all of my stuff, you know, and others are like, I, I, I don't know. I don't have any prayer requests. Okay. No sweat. We're still glad you're here. Right. But uh, no, it, it's, it's fun to watch them grow through this process. It's, it's really, really cool. What you got, Chris?
2: Uh, I was just going to ask, the, the form the, that your secretaries that that they uh-huh. write down uh-huh. that you
3: end up, what's what's on that? It's really, I, I just I just hand them a blank sheet of paper and they go oh, okay. through and they've got all the kids' names. And I tell them, okay. like, even if somebody doesn't have prayer requests, give me all their names. It's also an easy way to take role. I, I yeah. don't care about taking a role, but it's not the worst thing, right? Um, yeah. Certainly if yeah. you got a new student in, that's really, really helpful. But yeah, So it's their name, it's their prayer requests. And then we always say, hey, what's something you want to praise God for this week? Yeah. So, okay. you know, so we just keep it really simple. And I do try to tell them, hey, this is, they've got 15 minutes roughly. And I, and I can be, you know, if it looks like a group needs to go longer, that's fine. We try to keep the groups between seven and 10 students. So it doesn't take forever. Yeah. Um, and, the, and they really have time to, to listen to each other. Um, and we tell them like, we just, we, you know, give us one or two things we can pray for. It's not that we don't care about all of your stuff, but what are the one or two things that you really want the Lord to help you with. And if you got other stuff, by all means, man, let's talk more afterwards. But that's, that's all good. it is. So try to keep it simple.
2: That's good. Now, I think you said this. Do you try to do it at the end of the time together or do the it's beginning? or on, on the front
3: side. Yeah. Okay. So it's, yeah, our, our format is, you know, again, congregate. The, the room's open a half hour beforehand. So the kids are coming in, they're playing all the stuff. I congregate them. We do what I like to call cool story time. So kids are just sharing, you know, fun or funny successes over the week. We do announcements, and then I break. And then I ask them that whatever the question is that's going to mix them that day. And it's, again, it's all. You know, what's your favorite Avenger? What's your favorite Brahms ice cream? Just wh- whatever it is, and and I get them to give me ideas on what you know. What could our categories be? That's kind of fun. So there's a little bit of buy-in too. So ask the question. They split up into their groups. That's 15 minutes, and then we come back. That that's when we sing, and then I, I teach after that. Yeah, So, you know, it may be because of the way I've got it set up. I, I may be the one that gets the short end of the stick on the night. I may jump up and there's only 15 minutes left to teach. Okay. That's on me, but good has been accomplished tonight. So I can live with that.
2: Do you go from like, uh, this is all technical stuff, but I'm just curious sure. and I think it's helpful to to think through. Do you, uh, you say you start at half or you open the doors half hour early. So Correct, do you guys yeah. go from like six to seven, six to seven thirty. What's so, the time frame? um,
3: our, 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 t- our total time frame is six o'clock to eight o'clock. Okay. Um, we officially start the service at 635. Yeah. I want to have them in their prayer groups by 650. If everything goes according to plan, we want to be in prayer groups by 650. Pull them out at 705. We sing for 10 to 15 minutes. And then I'm jumping on stage and I've got twenty-five to thirty-five minutes to teach. Yeah. Yeah. If that's if good. all goes according to plan. Yeah. You guess how often all everything goes according to plan. But that's okay. <laughs> it's yeah. student it's ministry. Uh, <laughs> student right. ministry. And I mean I praise <laughs> God for it. Like I do, you know, I genuinely love it. So it's yeah. good practice for me. Okay. Yeah. But can I, can I talk all of James chapter one in 20 minutes? Let's, let's give this a shot. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's you know, I,
2: I know that's really technical stuff and I know that's not what this particular podcast is about. I just think it's helpful. It is for me at least to think through, you know, cause I think we would all say, yeah, I would love to do this. I'd like to install this into what we're doing. If we have yeah. it, if we're not already doing it, True. But, then, but then a lot of times our schedule tends to dictate what we do and, and we start and we have a hard time trying to think, oh, where am I going to fit this in, you know, this kind of thing. So I, I just think that's helpful to think through. And, and just to back back to the group itself, you know, you you implied this um, and it's and I just think it's I think it's such a great thing. You know, of course, prayer, you're teaching them to pray. You're teaching them right. the importance of, like you say, caring for one another. But I mean, but praying to the Father, right. And and understanding how to do that and what to do there. But like you said, I mean your group specifically, thirty-one different schools, right? Uh, you know, seven different. You said uh, cities, cities, right? Yeah. Yeah, which yeah, you know, metroplex the metroplex area. is just a giant yeah. blob of individual yeah. cities, I mean, right? Yeah, you got Mesquite, Plano, all those places. Just thinking about how easy it would be for cliques to form, and just how right. naturally, how naturally they do, you know. And, but when you get into a prayer group, those defenses tend to just fall down. Very, very quickly, and I just think that's a I think that's just a a cool side benefit, if you will, of having prayer like this and I'm would
3: would you say that that's true? It is yeah, no, that's been really, really helpful. and there's that, that's not the only strategy to battle against the click thing, but that certainly helps you know, and we, yeah. we teach them too it's it's hard to hate people that you pray for or pray with yeah yeah yeah, it's not impossible, yeah. but it's really hard to do that you know <laughs> yeah. and so yeah. it's just yeah. uh it is it's good. Yeah, I'm sure,
2: like I said, I, I volunteered down in Fort Worth for a while, and so um, okay. I, I know I know you've got rivals in that room.
3: Oh yeah, absolutely. You know, I mean, football rivals. season. Yeah. You know what's funny? The fiercest rivalry in Arlington, Texas, is the two Christian schools. <laughs> really? It's like part of it's hilarious and part of it's awful. But it just yeah, our two <laughs> Christian school, and praise God, like the kids in my group, and I've got kids from both schools in the group. They love each other dearly. But like that, that rivalry is no joke between the two. Mm-hmm. So yeah, yeah it's fun. Yeah. yeah, there's there's absolutely rivalries between towns, and yeah, well, there's how do you, six different high schools in Arlington? Actually, some of the inner city rivalries are pretty intense as well. But that that, that gun Christian school rivalry, man, that's the one.
2: <laughs> that's pretty cool. I mean, you're teaching them to to care for one another on on Wednesday, and then they hit each other on Friday. So
1: that's right. You know. Yeah. Well, T.J., um, as we wrap up, you know, I, I just. I love what you've shared today. You have first modeled prayer in your own life. Um, you've taught it to them, and then you've given them an opportunity. And that's those are key things as we try to help our students engage in prayer. Um, and as we finish, is there anything else that you want to add to the conversation today?
3: Man, I, I just I love what you guys are doing. For those of you that are part-timers or volunteers. I, I I just want to say, and I genuinely praise God for you. Dan mentioned it front like that. That was my story for a long time. The first youth group I ever actually had was the one that the Lord put me in charge of. I grew up in teeny, tiny, little bitty churches that were predominantly made up of far more elderly than it was young. and. Um, and there were elderly people that invested in me growing up. I, I I knew a lot about the Bible before I ever got to Central Baptist College. And it's because of the faithfulness of people that just loved Jesus and just taught me what they knew and what they knew was was enough because it was stuff that I didn't know. So y'all, y'all be encouraged and and keep sharing what you know about the scriptures, what you know about the Lord, what you know about how to approach the Lord, because all, all that matters. And then just keep hanging out with students. I promise. Teenagers can be intimidating, but they just want to be loved. They're, they really are. Um, I, I, I tell people, I, I, I was a senior pastor for one year, and if I learned anything about ministry and the difference between senior pastoring and, and student ministry, the only difference is the fact that adults know how to hide their sins better. Hmm. And that's it. It's the same concept across the board, right? And so love those students the same way that, that your, your pastor hopefully loves you. Your pastor doesn't love you well, then love them better than your pastor loves you. But but just be near them and encourage them and help them. But what you're doing is incredible, and I genuinely like I thank God for you. Don't ever feel like uh, we're just a small church and we don't matter. You do. You matter vastly into the kingdom. And so I'm so so grateful for uh, you guys doing this podcast and targeting that audience and for letting me be a part of it. I, I do praise God for. It. I'm grateful for where He's placed me. I, I mind is blown that this little country boy from Anson, Texas is. And the giant metroplex, that makes no sense whatsoever. Uh, but man, my, my heart and my thoughts and my prayers are absolute with all y'all that, that have room to stretch your legs and don't have to fight the traffic every day.
1: <laughs> well, TJ, if somebody wants to get a hold of you and talk more about some of the concepts that you've shared, what's the best sure. way for them to do that?
3: Uh, you know, again, I'm, I'm at Lake Church in Arlington, so you can jump on our webpage at lakechurchdfw.org. Uh, my email address is tlewis at org, but just reach out to me that way. Uh, I've got a personal Facebook page. Um, I don't do Instagram or any other stuff. Uh, we've got student, uh, all those pages. But yeah, you can find me those two ways. Um, if nothing else, you can track down Dan and my brother in law and my father in law and all the, like our lives are intertwined pretty well, um, just like <laughs> my siblings and, and so on. But yeah, that's the best way lakechurchdfw.org.
1: Well, again, thank you, TJ. Uh, Listeners, we want to thank you for tuning in, for downloading, uh, for listening as we continue the conversation about student ministry, because at the end, it does matter. And Mm -hmm. we thank you because student ministry matters.
0: Thanks for listening to the Student Ministry Matters podcast. Get connected at studentministrymatters.com or follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Student Ministry Matters. Until next time, keep up the great work with your students because the work matters.